Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of Castilla Corner, a very quick episode, giving you some bite-sized information on the last game, on the table, on the prospects for the rest of the season for Raul and his men. This is my first introduction in, it could be a year, you know, and I'm very happy to be joined by Ridgem and by Chris, almost a full squad today, boys. How is it? Not too bad. Yes, good, good. Excellent. I mean, Chris, you had some short notice of about three seconds to, to jump Yeah, out. I was cold, um, cold. I was just minding my own business. <laughs> well, so I've had three days notice because um, Ridgem has wanted to record this for a long time and it just hasn't happened until now. But good to be here and there's a lot to get through. Um, I suppose we should start at the start with the um, the latest game, the latest result, which has really put Castilla in good stead um, for the final few games. Uh, Ridgem, you've actually watched the game, am I right? Not fully, but I have watched bits of it. Um, And I've seen Chris going through the highlights. I, as usual, am miles off it on what happened. Other than the result, I haven't seen much of the play, but I do know that a 2-0 win away from home is always good. This win gave Castilla the best away league record currently. Obviously, there's still about seven games to go in a regular season. Um, But for Castilla, a team who famously just tend to struggle away in some really hostile environments, that's such a drastic and massive change um, compared to what we're used to, especially Chris, Ridgem, Ruben, anyone who's been watching the team, who's listening for years now. It just doesn't tend to happen where you are confident in these young lads going away from home. And some of the stadiums this year have been nuts as well. It's not like it's it's all just quiet grounds where you can't hear much. Some of them have been massive. Some of them have been really local where you can hear every single insult that will be heard towards you. Um, and it's just a battle and they still seem to get through it. So fair play to them. Um, who? Would it, what was the standout? Does anyone have anything in particular to talk about? Uh, I think P, like Peter uh, had a decent showing. Like I was like as as I said, I didn't watch the whole game, but I could definitely see him like having. He's he was more confident than he usually has been this season, which was good. Yeah. And apart from that, really, like uh, a lot of Martin was like he scored a really good goal at the end. It was like. Yeah. Uh, it was one time, like the first time shot from outside the box. 
and the angle was quite tough, but he did it. He managed to score and they secured the win for the team. Mm. Uh, yeah, and which like the the win was really important because uh, Racing Federal, the team that the team that uh, have a game on Castilla, they lost their game, so they are firmly in second, irrespective of yeah what they uh, what the other team does. Mm. And they're two points off the top, and obviously the top placement is is always very important to become group winners when it comes to playoffs and just the the general standard of things as well. If you win your group, it's always good stead. Um, but as you say, they've pushed away from Deportivo, who are a massive club down there. Um, a couple of the others up there, South Vigo's B team looking strong. Racing Farrell, as you said, very, very strong as well. Um, so that win is huge, really, really big for Castilla. And there's seven games to go. Alcorcon still top the table. And when I looked at their squad earlier in the season, um, I think they beat us during the home game. It's one of the only games I've actually seen. Um, they've got like Pedro Mascara. They signed a striker from the area of not long ago. They've got a very strong squad for this level and they're a big club for this level as well. So um, one thing that Ridgeham did notice is that the schedule seems to favour Castilla. Um, again, it seems like quite even squads, quite even run of play. The last five games look stronger in Castilla's favour as well. So it could even edge Castilla's way in terms of a first place finish in the near future. Uh, yeah, I mean, Castilla, I mean, they face good teams still, but they have mm. a slightly easier on paper uh, schedule compared to a Corcoran because they fa- they don't face like a top five team after their Four. next game, which is Racing Federal, I think. Federal, yeah, which is a big, big game. Um, that's the home game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's the home game. Which, after- again, go on. Yeah, just after that, they just face like... They, they they face I think um, what was the team? Unionistas I think I'm not sure. Oh yeah 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 Madrid. Yeah so yeah they play like they play good teams but Alcorcon just have tougher opponents. They have Cordoba, they have Deportivo as well. They they have uh, I think Granada's Deportivo as well. Really good teams from the top half of the table. So this is a big chance and a big chance and it looks like whether they win the group or just go through the normal playoffs, they will be continuing the season after the regular season finishes in, in seven games time. Um, Chris, what do you think their hopes are? Do you think they can go up? Um, well, I was just thinking one thing that we didn't spot is that they're 11 points clear in the playoffs. So yeah, that's that another thing. It looks like it will happen. Yeah. Yeah. There's a postseason to come. Um, it's a little, as I was explaining to you, just off, before we hit record, the um, process of getting promoted isn't as kind of drawn out as it was in previous formats. Um, it's two two games. You're drawn in where you can either play the team that finished third or finished fifth in across both groups. So, mm. um, yeah, I mean, a little simpler. I would really hope that we're still in with a chance of winning the title overall and um, winning the group title anyways with an automatic promotion. I think that would be the that should be yeah. the main goal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it's. I I was looking. I was looking at BD football, my bible for this sort of stuff, just to see, <laughs> just to see what's different. Obviously, the away record's massive. We've gone from you know there was one away win in his first full se- Raul's first full season. Uh, we were in the bottom five for away wins last year, um, and this season we have the best away record and we have the best defense in the group or best offense in the group as well again which we had last year 
Um, so I don't know. Um, it seems like we were the strong one of the stronger teams last year without the away wins to do it. And this season we've rectified that problem and the results speak for themselves. Um, it's it's very it's it seems like I said there seems to be something set for after the regular season's finished, but uh, what yeah. it will be is up to anyone's guess. Interesting, and that's so crucial that the playoff system isn't as excruciating as it was a few seasons back. Because me and Chris must have seen it at least twice, um, whilst we yeah. were at corner, like the Stone Age. Times. And oh my gosh. You could have the best season in the world and finish second and then get dumped with another 16 teams who were all going for about one or two promotion spots. It was just excruciating. It was horrible. And And I don't remember there being an... I don't remember there being an automatic option yeah even if you won the group back then it's interesting there now is automatic that's news to me which is which is massive as well for castilla they have to go for first place in that case but it used to if you win the league it would just be a slightly easier process probably as easy as it is for the actual playoffs now which is so crazy to me that that's the way it used to be and castilla would obviously then you'd have the home and away tie and you'd have that about three times on the spin with with three different very strong clubs Um, three away trips horrendous environments against teams who are actually quite good um, was just obviously too much for nearly every single B team who went through that process to to do so unless you won the league that'd be it yeah Um, I speak I speak from experience we always used to get wiped when we got that far (laughs) it was horrible (laughs) and I remember that the Defrutos age group I think they went through two out of three ties and we were like oh we could actually do this Um, and I think we lost a final one um, which was so, so close, but yeah, horrible. And every single player, there's been such talent to come through in the last 10 years. Every single squad has just not been able to do it. If you make the playoffs, that's considered a huge success. If you get promotion, that's it. You're a golden age group in a way. So we'll see. We'll see if they can do it. So, Ridgem, you had, yes, um, I think you've conjured up some questions for all of us three. Um, to answer at some point some of the biggest topics in and around Kostir this season, past seasons, whatever it is. Um, other than that, we'll talk a little bit about, uh, I suppose, the prospects of a couple players. Um, obviously, Alvaro is still in and around the first team. As a striker, they're still sniffing around him. Miguel Arribas is still, obviously, on top, top form. He didn't manage to bag on the weekend, but... He's still probably the biggest player Castilla have. So we'll talk about a little bit about that. But what questions um, have you come up with? I mean, there's one question that doesn't really, like, I wouldn't have much to say on because I haven't been watching Castilla for as long as you guys have. But if you had to, like, you know, there's this question, like, um, where does Adibas's, like, individual season rank in terms of, like, a, a great individual season at Castilla in recent years? Because mm. I don't really have the answer to that, but I would like to get your opinion on it. Yeah, nice. I mean, yeah. I'm looking at his stats now. Um, and again, the assists can be dubious, but they say he's got seven assists, which is the most in the team. I'll go back and count that and I'll watch highlights and confirm that at a later date. But he's got 13 goals as well, which is double figures. And double figures for any Castilla player is very, very difficult. As you say, you've got um, Alvaro Rodriguez, who's in around the first team. He scored in the Madrid derby. A very good striker who can find the net. He's only got six odd goals for Castilla. And that, a lot of people would look at that and think that's not great. But that's actually all right. It's probably about average, slightly above average for Castilla, especially for your first couple seasons. Um, so for a Rebas, who has always been able to find the goal as well from the field, to get double figures like that and then top the assist chart 
is very, very difficult. And I remember I was raving about Miguel Baeta, who did it. I was raving about the 20 goal strikers, and there haven't been many of them. I think it's up there with seasons that, that I would have seen, especially statistically. But there are times where he's simply just carried the team through results as well. Um, so it's strong. It's it's a really, really good season from a very promising player. Yeah, I was just kind of scrolling through the, the memory bank of players I can remember having big individual seasons. Christo um, yeah. sits out. Yeah. He got 20 goals in 17-18. Yeah. he got double figures and was it both or double figures and goals double figures assist or something yeah, like that Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was yeah so Aribas isn't off for of that by far yeah I suppose what he's had over those players maybe is that he's got um a track record with the team that um those others didn't they had the kind of big um they had the big season and then they were gone um I feel like Aribas has had maybe two three good yeah. good years at Castilla um world class for this division whatever that is it might probably just it's just class in <laughs> yeah, yeah, division football. Class, yeah yeah but um yeah i mean it's up there for sure um yeah, i yeah. mean where wherever he might be the the old man if he could speak english he would probably <laughs> be able to whisper some some adages into our ear you know yeah. but um yeah, for sure. yeah it's up there He's... in terms of what i've seen he has a handful of first team games as well. And I know that a lot of those are, I'm pretty sure they're COVID games, which was an awkward time. But at the same time, to play, he must be nearing double figures now for Madrid if he hasn't. Yeah, he's got 13 games and a goal for Real Madrid. So it, it isn't too bad. He's got a decent CV that should just carry him to top level. And you never know with obviously people worry about his physicality, his consistency, even though his goals just keep coming in. But at that level, especially, I, uh, there's a few doubts, but. That CV alone should carry him to a top-level team. And you think Miguel Baeta, everyone thinks, where is he? But he's playing in the Portuguese top flight on loan from, I think it's Celta Vigo, where he scored in La Liga last year. So it's they're in and around it. They're they're doing the business, but just not quite as consistently as their potential. Uh, I was probably I was worried about his. Job. I was worried about his physicality when he got promoted initially. Yeah. Um, and to, he seems to have. I mean, he struggled initially, but he adapted to it quite quickly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's had some dry um, games for the first team, but he's also been all right in some as well. So it's it looks okay. And I yeah. think a full season somewhere would be great for him. It's just if you see it with every midfielder, some of the best ones we've seen, some of the best players we've seen just haven't got that move and they end up in the second division. And some of the players that you didn't quite see it managed to go and fly in, in the league of one season in. So it's you never know. But looking at the numbers and looking at the games he's played for the first team, I don't think there'll be a little league club who would be turning their nose up especially in the lower half of the division that yeah i think a top for madrid yeah yeah top level training regime would be interesting to see you know a season of that how that would change him physically or um change his approach to the game but i don't i think um like i said i personally have i have confidence that he'd be able to um whether there's any sort of um adapting that he needs to do and turn out to be a good player whether it's with real madrid or not is another question entirely isn't it yeah as it always is but uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You kind of get detached to it from us from after a while. You just kind of grow to enjoy them playing anywhere as long as it's in a good yeah, place. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, see so right. Yeah, I mean Castilla. I don't think Arribas is going to be a Castilla player next season. I mean, at, at least I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I mean he could play for like it depends on like the coach at the time, I guess. 
but I would rather see him go at least like somewhere good on loan for for a season or two, maybe in the in the top flight. And I I do think that he has like the potential to become a really good player, and at least like he he could be a squad player for Madrid in due time. But it's, it's it depends on whether he wants that or not. And I don't think he does necessarily. I think he would rather start somewhere, and he has the potential too. That's why I would love to see him like move to kind of like I don't know, not Villarreal per se, but teams like that that are like not bad. Yeah. They're good that they, uh, you know, put some like they cause some trouble to the first team. Maybe teams like that could help uh, Arribas out. Mm. It's going to be difficult to loan them because our, the new restrictions are coming in as of this yeah. summer or next. So um, only three players on loan, a total of eight. So as in, I presume eight means you can have eight loanies, eight loanies and loaned out together. So you can only have like, I mean, if you can have three loaned out at one club, you can have five loaned in or something like that. But mm. I mean, it's difficult. To, it's going to be difficult to... Uh, work with that system um the way we have in recent years and i also don't think it's um well i mean we did this in the last part but i personally don't think uh loaning players out is what it's cracked up to be we've certainly had our troubles with it in the past whereas we've enjoyed a buyback clause um instead so i suppose if he's not going to stay then selling him with a buyback clause is probably my preferred option Yeah, I mean that would be like that could be the the thing that they go for if like I forgot about the the new rule to be honest. So maybe it only occurred to me while we were talking about it. To be fair, so I'm not going to pretend like I remembered it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in that case, maybe if uh, Madrid don't see him as a player that could stay and help the first team, maybe they'll just you know sell him and put a buyback clause on his contract. Let's see. I mean, I, I really hope he makes it in Madrid, but it's just like, I don't I don't know. I also didn't know he, he's played more like 13 games for, for the first team. I did not know that. Which yeah, is odd. But, uh, but COVID games, again, me, Chris and Ruben, I remember recording during this time. It was so strange because just the schedule was nuts. So they would call in the whole bench at one point was like just Castilla players and, and <laughs> quite a few players got opportunities that would yeah. just unimaginable um but the team's back was broke with injuries as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well, I, and covid absentees is right but um i do because i remember up until about christmas <laughs> of that year we were just complaining the whole time that sedan was giving no one a chance yeah exactly yeah. and that was around the same That's time it. that you discovered we discovered that the cop del rey wasn't two legged ties anymore as well yeah and that killed a lot of it yeah and yeah, then it was a real heartbreaking year for us and all of a sudden, everyone was playing all the time. It was yeah, ridiculous. it's crazy. We were getting we were getting appearances on the main pod and everything. I'd say eight players must have played ten. Like Marvin Park was flying. Yeah, uh, Aribas. Who else was up there? I need to remember now. A couple of centre backs. Just was massive. Blanca. Yeah, so many. Um, we're just getting games for fun because there was no one else left to play at times. But. Yeah, as cool as that was. And and Castilla players have now consistently been on the bench. Like you see quite a few, especially keepers, but Alvaro and others have, have kind of squeezed onto the bench at times since then. But um yeah, there's not that many opportunities now. It's just yeah. more, I think. And that's because of COVID rather than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, funny. What's question number two? I can't believe that was the wrong question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think like you could talk about maybe uh, we've already like touched on it before, but who like we really know who's going to replace Raul if he gets like if he leaves, right? We, yeah. We, we yeah, know it's, that it's a sure. safe bet, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, at that time, it wasn't like, you know, when I made up these questions, it wasn't that obvious, I don't think. But ah. now, like, Arbolo has done a great I job. Think, so. I think he, I'd like to see him as well, which is interesting to say, because, again, ex-players can be hot, hot and cold, but he's done fine. So it should be fine. If there's a better candidate, then I don't really know the name. No one's sticking out to me at the moment, so... We did a podcast about him when he initially came back and we were not happy. <laughs> no, it's just, oh, every player that gets fast-tracked, especially... I'm not going to offend Arbolo because he was great. He was a top-level player. He, was, he wasn't a world-class level player at any point in time, I don't mean. But, so for him to just kind of jump the queue, and I think, what did he start with? The 16s or the 18s or something high anyway? Was um, It's always dubious because we've seen it go wrong. But yeah, fair play to him. He's done fine. I've read some stuff about, like I've been reading a lot about biases and hiring coaches at top-level clubs. I suppose I was reading it more so from Patrick Vieira's standpoint because he was talking about how hard it is for a black coach to get a job in football at the moment oh yeah and yeah this was weeks before he had actually just gotten he got sacked by crystal palace um and he was talking about how few but he did bring up the fact that usually clubs especially at the top level clubs will have a succession plan in place where they'll put a former player in charge before they hire someone of uh viera zilk or Saul campbell i remember had a lot to speak about it as well but um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, it was it was an interesting discussion. I'd like to actually go back and listen to it. But uh, it's crazy how our opinions have changed, especially because, and especially how Arbolo has panned out. He seems to have just gone from strength to strength. Yeah. Um, not something you would picture happening. We pictured happening twelve months ago, 12, eighteen months ago, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, I I'm looking forward to seeing what he makes of the team. It'd be interesting. Yeah. And in what league? Yeah, that's the other question, isn't it? Imagine if he's all of a sudden a second division manager. That yeah, it's crazy. Jumps. Yeah. Wow. Gone in the summer. He'd be managing Bayern Munich. <laughs> or Liverpool, I don't know. <laughs> Liverpool, imagine that. Yeah. Oh, crikey. Like, do we even, can we even talk about where Castilla would finish if they, not even oh. finish, but like, you know. Low. It would be low. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. maybe they would. I reckon they would. It's the first time in so long, and it's not. It's a talented squad, but I wouldn't say there's many players that will hold them up in the second division on a week by week basis. I think they would invest in the squad for the first time in a while quite heavily. Um, and I say that as we've got a couple of loanees now from big clubs, and that's not quite rare. You've got obviously Vinicius Tobias, you've got Iker Bravo. Um, I think they would go one up on that, and we'd see quite a few big uh, talent names coming to the squad hopefully you never know it'll be exciting um yeah i mean are we talking about like ruben type investment where they buy loads of <laughs> when mariano old men yeah, yeah old men or something i don't like think that. it would be i don't think it would be anything like that I think it would be the great thing about biased. ruben is that he will play he's good at playing devil's advocate in these conversations so it's hard to <laughs> I think we, we, a lot of us would agree on the same things, whereas Ruben would be like, well, actually. Um, <laughs> I know. Which yes. is great. I mean, this is why, like, this is, isn't it's, a good different, 
it's yeah, good. it's the difference between yeah. a twenty-minute podcast and a ninety-minute one. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, yeah. If you talk about one thing and he's going to be like, oh, you know what? Actually, if you look at it this way. Yeah, this is it. One yeah. thing he would say that I would agree with is maybe fringe players like maybe Lunin, who plays, what, six games a year. Maybe look at giving them a little bit of time in the second division. Um, yeah. But no, like Mariano or Eden Hazard or something. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not too far. The head, record with, the, the head record with this stuff is that it's so hard to find the... The regulations, the rules, um, like what? What's the? Um, yes. What's yes. our limits? Because we seem to be like every now and then you'll have situations like this where Marco will come out with an article that say, "Well, we can't play Vinicius for more than eleven games or something like that. Otherwise, he can't play for Castilla." Or, you know, crap yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of that. Yes, there is. To be fair, so it's it's stupid. They could actually worm away and yeah, get players to play yeah. some a little you would trust, games for a good. You would uh, trust like. that the people in charge know know it better than we do it's yeah, just annoying yeah. that we can't speculate um, yeah do right yeah it stops it but yeah it's it would be that. interesting it'd be interesting to see you know would it change our we're never going to know for sure but would it change our summer transfer plans if they get promoted yeah. would it change um, what you would do with a player like a rebus or a player like um Carlos Dotor. I, mean, I would certainly put Dotor actually on the top of that list in terms uh, of yeah I would yeah whether whether he's here or he's not here next year's depending on whether we get promotion or not. Mm, no, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we also could talk about, like, the one final question, I guess, would be, like, speci- like specifically for you, Chris, because I don't think Sam has watched enough of Castilla this season. Sam But... <laughs> <laughs> who would you think has been, like... The biggest, uh, I'd say, disappointment. Oh no! This is the second time I've been asked this question because um, I'm not sure if it's out yet. But I was asked about Ica Bravo for who's been linked to Newcastle. I think that was that was a couple of weeks ago. So I hope it's out. Um, I'd have to check check up with the guy. But he's been linked with Newcastle and was obviously asking about what's what's gone wrong for him, so to speak. Um, I suppose when Bravo came in the hopes were much higher than what it's panned out to have ended up where. I wouldn't say it was all his fault. I think some things did go against him. Some of the players that he was competing against, injury, um, things like this. The vision for him certainly changed in the last six to eight months compared to when he was brought in. But yeah, it's hard to kind of escape that of all the players in the squad so far. I'd probably put Bravo as the one of the bigger disappointments though i have sympathy for why um can't 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 let him off the hook either you have to say that yeah. he was a player you expected more from um <laughs> outside of that i can't really say maybe oscar aranda pablo ramon some players like that you know players that two or three years ago we were really excited to see more of that just haven't panned out again you know you do have to look at some of the players, the players that have been kept for three or four years holding that up. Um, mm. That, you know, opportunities are at a minimum, so you don't see, you know, players like Peter and Rebas and um, probably Alvaro Martin has been around for a little while, though he's been a bit of a bit part player. You know, when these guys stay, you take the sacrifice of not seeing guys below them playing. Um, so, yeah, those would kind of be my... But I think Ica Bravo is probably the standout for me. 
Yeah, Iker Bravo. Uh, as we said in multiple podcasts before, he's the kind of player like that would be mm, much better with a better team. Like obviously, every player is kind of like that, but he he would thrive with a a better squad around him. But at the same time, like I guess, like as you said, there have been things that that have bothered him that like aren't really up to him. But even when he's played hasn't really been that impressive instead like uh, except for a couple of games i was expecting a lot more from a guy that's named after Cassius. Oh. <laughs> that's a hard <laughs> thing to hold against him I know. especially i mean in fact if anything you've given him an excuse because if he's named after a goalkeeper it's no wonder that he hasn't hey, played well up, up front um, i'm talking about the quality man i'm just talking about the yeah. quality okay okay yeah. i'll let it yeah. slide Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, even without the name, it's just like you expect more from a guy that it's he's so uh, highly regarded, you know, and you, you would want him to succeed and you would want him to help the team. But he just hasn't really done that. And the present like the disappointment, the, sorry, the disappointment hasn't been felt as much because of uh, Eduardo Rodriguez's performances. But I really think he could have done a lot better than what he did. I but, would. I would yeah. argue that part of the reason he's disappointed is because of Alvaro Rodriguez's performances. Um, he was brought in as a striking option, and his, I think I maybe with a long-term vision of him being an option for the first team as well. Um, and Alvaro Rodriguez has come in and kind of, I, I put thrown thrown the thrown a spanner in the works for both Real Madrid and for Bravo himself. I think that when Rodriguez had the run, especially in the first team when he had that run that he had. Um, the club, I mean, I, Ancelotti was very quick to close down any sort of conversation about anybody else. It was Rodriguez, second striker. I think all of a sudden you're looking at um, Bravo being surplus to reply requirements in the bigger image when he was already maybe one player too much for Raul's rotation as well. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I think if, and I said this maybe to the, I'm going to jump the gun on the Newcastle article now for what, if it's not out, but I did say that I think he could be a successful player if in a different environment. It's just that Real Madrid have moved past him as a option. Um, and, I mean, to an extent, that's not his fault. Saying that, I do see that he's played 20 games. You would think that would... He would have left a bit more of an impression in that amount of t- game time. Um, Many of those games were, like, I'm sorry to cut 11, you off. Yeah, 11 of them were substitute appearances. Yeah. But still, you know, he was capped at a top European top five league. Um, yeah. I've, I mean, some of the other players that I've named, like, um, what did I, who did I say? Someone like Ramon. I mean, he's played 12 games. Aranda's played 20, so maybe maybe there's a case to be made for Aranda being a disappointment as well. But uh, still, I think for the hype, for the quality that his CV was preaching at the time he arrived, 19 games should have been enough for him to do something. Yeah. Something much more than what we've seen, anyways. A couple of, like, uh, perform- those, those kind of performances that, you know, that show that he has the quality, he just hasn't been able to portray it. He just, like, hasn't really had great games and that that sucks a little bit no it's probably i mean if he becomes a great player we're probably not going to be talking about his 
you know, um, his his crucial year in Madrid, where he's developed into a world class player, and more more yeah. so, it's the last year for his career if he turns into a great player. Um, <laughs> what can you do? Some some of them work out, some of them don't. Yeah. Speaking of Oscar Aranda, I don't know if it's a hot take, but I've never been impressed by him. Like I've um, I've, I've only watched him for like two seasons, obviously, but I just I haven't. Could be a hot take. Yeah, I haven't really. Yeah, he reminds me of Marco Asensio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He always reminds yeah. me, in a lot more ways than one, he reminds me of Marco Asensio. Especially because he has, like, he, he seems to have one move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got quite a few decent goals. Yeah, this is it. Remember, what was it, Oscar Rodriguez as well? He, he had oh, one move. I mean, that was meant to his move because it was from a set piece. So it's almost yeah. pointless having him on the pitch at times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but his free kicks were. Whilst he was at Kassir, and probably still, I just don't really, I don't follow him that much, but they were probably amongst the best in the world, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> but his dead balls were ridiculous. Yeah. Aranda is just a long shot expert. Um, if he's left open, it, if, when he's allowed to cut in and shoot, it seems like he's going to score in nine <laughs> times out of ten. But outside of that, I would agree. I don't think I've seen. I have not seen anything from Miranda to say he's anything outside of that. He seems to be. Yeah. That seems to be his big move. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Do we have anything else we can talk about before we wrap it up? We might have hit it off already. Man City's on the on the box, so. That could be that, you know. <laughs> Big yeah. game. Who do you want to win that one though? That's one then. I'd probably hey, go for. Bye. Probably go for Bayern. Yeah. Oh, get, yes, get them out! Come on. <laughs> you, if if Madrid goes through, I don't want them to face Holland. That's all. I just don't, I don't want a team like Manchester City to win it or PSG or I know that Real Madrid aren't poor at all by any means, but um. Yeah, they just annoy me. There's something about those institutes that annoy me. Uh, PSG annoys me to the core. Uh, City, <laughs> I don't care about that much, but mm. I would rather see Bayern win it if they are winning it. Nice, perfect. Well, in that case, um, we will leave the listeners, we'll leave you two boys to it. Um, thanks very much for joining me on this one. I haven't hosted in so long. It feels weird, man. Um, but it was fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I just need a... Before the last seven games, because Castilla are flying, I just need to update everything. <laughs> I need to go through the games, the highlights, the stats. Um, if I can do that before the playoffs, I think I'll be good to go for quite a few podcasts by that point. So um, anyway, thanks for joining me, boys. I hope you enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it, although I wasn't I wasn't expecting it. Perfect. <laughs> that's the best type of enjoyment sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, I do fear that the next time you do this, you're going to have me tied to a chair or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's only going to get worse and more drastic from here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening. Um, tune into the next few because I love a full squad podcast. We'll try and get Ruben back in, but three will do. Um, keep an eye on Kostir because, as I say, they are on fire. They're on flames. It is the time to be following them. Get all the knowledge you can on the next few ballers coming through. Um, but thanks very much for listening. And Hala Madrid. Hala Madrid. Hala Madrid. Sports Social Podcast Network.
I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.